0: Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, Takeaway Edition, where Mike and Casey sit down and pull out some of the best leadership nuggets from the most recent podcast. Now, here's your host, Casey Lynch.
1: Welcome back to uh, Takeaways as we get to look in the rearview mirror of last week's episode from Lynch with a Leader. I am Casey Lynch. I'm going to be your host for the day, and I'm here with... Mike coming off his 201st interview with Alan Fadling about his brand new book, A Non-Anxious Life. Mike, what was your biggest takeaway
0: from your time with Alan? Alan is non-anxious. That is my biggest takeaway. I love doing interviews, Casey, where it feel, you feel like they're buying what they're selling. And Alan is an incredibly non-anxious person person. And he just, get he gives off and it, he and I've never met in person, but he gives off the aura. Alan is at peace with himself, with his walk with Jesus. And it just comes out in the interview.
1: Do you think that's what makes him the right person to write a book like this on yeah. such a topic that is, it is so popular in the world that we live in. Is that what makes him the
0: perfect person for a book called The Non-Anxious Life? It does because you know I had Deloney on, what, a month or two ago? Same, same title, but yet John focuses from the clinical aspect of it, in which I love. And Alan really focuses from the heart peace aspect of it, of of that relationship with the Lord. And I just think he's the perfect guy. I remember him saying that one time, two or three years ago, I remember telling you about it. You can have a busy, a hurried schedule with an unhurried soul. And he very much is a contented person, which makes you go, okay, I think there's something to this. You know, I wanted to talk about the fact that you
1: had Dr. John Deloney on not that long ago, talking about his book and non-anxious life. So that's two guests within a couple of months with the same title, looking at it from different aspects, as you just said, why do you believe that this topic is so popular right now to be out in Mm -hmm. culture? Because I think for a long time, anxiety has been something that was kind of a taboo topic. Mm -hmm. And now we're entering a space where uh, we see
0: it on the forefront. Why do you think it's so popular right now? I, I just think it's just a part of the world we live in. So when I was growing up, Casey, um, Uh, The word anxiety, you heard the word anxiety, but it wasn't prevalent at all. Now it's pretty normal for somebody, even a teenager to go, man, I'm feeling anxious, or I, um, I have a lot of anxiety about, and that's something you just didn't hear before. So I think it's very much a part of our society, uh, good and bad. I think the pandemic was a lot to do with that. I think, um, The loneliness and isolation of the pandemic plays into this and why it's such a prevalent topic now, but it's it's here and it's here to stay. And we would think with all the trappings we have in this world that it would be calming down, but really there's more things to be anxious about than there's ever been. You know, you, you knew my mom. If you came home with power locks and power windows and, and a sunroof, she would just say, well, there's just more stuff to break. And and that was her perspective on it. Well, in a lot of ways, there's more things to be anxious about because we get more. And I know more because of social media and news and the accessibility. So I think we just live in a cauldron of anxiety and you notice it, you see it. It It is just a normal thing now. In your conversation with Alan, you guys really do an overarching look at the book
1: and Mm -hmm. kind of go chapter by chapter discussing um, a non-anxious life. If you had to pick one part of your conversation that you just wish you had a little bit more time on for leaders to get to hear Alan's heart behind, uh, what would it have been?
0: You know, one of his chapters is about the buoyant life, that, that buoy that sits in the water that just goes up and down. And he talks about joy and talks about how joy comes from a deep inside part of you. Happiness comes with events. Joy comes from a decision. It's a decision made in advance. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to be joyful. And he makes a comment. He said, peace is a deep well from which joy can bubble up. And I think if I could have spent some more time with Alan, I would have loved to have dug in on that because I think we are all seeking peace, but we don't always attach peace and joy. I think we separate the two of them, but the reality is joy flows out of a peaceful heart and a peaceful soul.
1: I think everybody listening to this would agree they want a non-anxious life. I don't think that there's... Many people that say that they enjoy their anxiety. Some might view it like Alan talked about as almost a superpower to get things done. but i don't I don't think anybody enjoys being in an anxious state. From your role as a pastor, what do you see as the main hurdles for people um, who want to experience a non-anxious life but keep running into that roadblock of anxiety?
0: I think it's I think it's discipline. And I think it's the discipline to go. I know this is what I want and here's the guardrails I'm going to put up to get there. I think we just live in a world Casey, that it's too easy to be like everybody else. And the problem with being like everybody else is I get what everybody else has got, which is anxiety. And so I think that we, we go, you know what, this is the life I want. Therefore I'm going to put the guardrails up for peace, solitude, quietness, alone, Um, in another study I've got, we were doing the life of Paul, you know, before, before Paul was ever used great, God got Paul to a refinement process where he was alone. And I think for all of us, we've got to put those disciplines in place to get to the place of a peaceful soul in a non-anxious life. I don't get a non-anxious life by reading about it. I can learn. I get a non-anxious life by taking the things that I read, putting them into practice, and then executing those things. And I think that's where the that's where the breakdown is. Last question. There's most likely a
1: leader listening right now who heard your interview with Alan that's listening to Takeaways today and says, hey, anxiety is not a current struggle for me. But the reality is it probably is for a family member or a teammate that they're working with. How would you encourage that
0: leader to be there for that person? I would say, number one, don't judge them. You could be there tomorrow. So I, I think that understand, being understanding of where they are is a big piece of it. Number two, point them to the right resources. And that's why books like this, and that's why we have this podcast, right? It's We're not going to solve the problem but we can point you to a direction to solve the problem. And so getting good resources in their hands, encouraging them to talk to a counselor, talk to a pastor, talk to someone. We are not meant, our bodies are not meant to live with the anxiety we're living with. I'm just telling you, John Deloney hit it. We've created a world we can't, our bodies can't sustain. And so we've got to Put things in place because what's happening, Casey, and I think this came out in some of John's research. Anxious kids that are anxious are being raised by anxious parents and the kids are picking it up because they see they just think that's normal. They don't know that they could choose another way and they can live. Listen, we're not going to change the anxiousness of our world, but we can change how we are in it. And when you've got a teammate, a a roommate, a, a classmate, a workmate that's struggling with anxiety, man, letting them know that there's a path out and that there's hope is probably half of the battle for them to go, okay, I'm not crazy. Or I'm not going crazy. I am just in a tough patch and in a tough season. And you can get resources in their hands like this book by John Deloney or this book by Alan Fadling. Both of them look at non-anxiousness from two totally different perspectives, but both are incredibly effective. Well,
1: your spiritual leadership conversations continue on Monday. You've got a great new guest that's going to be joining us, why don't you tell us a little bit about the conversation we can look forward to?
0: Yeah, in fact, I just got off the horn with him last week. It's it's uh, Mark Miller. Mark served, I believe it was over 40 years with Chick-fil-A in high performance leadership. In fact, I was talking to an operator this weekend and he said it's his first Chick-fil-A convention, they call him something else, but that he's ever been to in his tenure that Mark Miller wasn't running it. And Mark's the guy that that Dan, Kathy, and Truett Kathy tasked with help us grow a high performing organization and then give it away. And now Mark is on a quest to train millions of leaders in this topic called uncommon greatness. And it's his brand new book. We're going to unpack it in that episode. And it is a, it is, it is. It is chock full of gold and it's going to be really, really good. Well, it's a conversation you're not going to want to miss.
1: And the best way to make sure that you don't miss it is by liking and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast or watch it on YouTube. If you just go ahead and head in there and like it, you'll be sure to get that sent to your inbox directly. We're looking forward to that conversation with Mark Miller and even more excited to get to unpack it here in a couple of weeks. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today and adding to your leadership toolbox. We will see you Monday when Mike sits down with another amazing leader who is making a mark in the space and place that God has put them. For more information about Lynch with a Leader, please visit the website, www.mikelynch.com.